Good afternoon. Welcome to the channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. You've made it to a Friday, but it happens to be the first of a new month, the last month in 2023 as well. We're going to really dive into what's happening in this weather in South America. You've heard us talk about it the last couple of weeks, but we've got really, in my opinion, probably one of the experts when it comes to what is going on with this South American crop. And that I'm talking about is Don Rose. Don, of course, is president of U.S. Commodities, based out of West Des Moines, Iowa, and and Don, you spend a big part of your time in South America, so no better person to ask them what's going on with this South American weather than you. Yeah, I do. I you know about four months, you know, so about a third of the year. But you know, I think when you uh, good afternoon, first of all. But I think when you look at the uh, market, uh, you know, South America over time, particularly Brazil, but they just continue to gain market share. To put it in perspective, why we're watching uh, Brazil so close, uh, South America in general, but Brazil uh, is going to export about 3.7 billion bushels of soybeans, and we're going to export about 1.7 billion bushels. So um, we're going to export about just over 2 billion bushels of corn. Brazil's supposed to export just about 2.2 billion. So that kind of really sets the tone. Um, if Brazil has a problem, uh, we have a problem. And remember, uh, the world has a problem. Remember last year, Argentina had a major uh, drought and they were the largest soy meal exporter. And soybean meal made uh, contract highs just recently is putting in a top as Argentine's weather continues to improve. But um, as far as the weather, like you were alluding to, uh, uh, Susan, it was definitely a risk-off trade to end the week, and um, you know it looks like going forward it's going to be all about weekends. You know how it is in the U.S. Um, so uh, we'll watch the weather very close, Susan. So what are you seeing when it comes? I mean, we're talking a huge country. Arlen Suderman alluded to this just on Wednesday. It's hard to pinpoint. I mean, you can't just say you know it's raining in one spot, not raining in the other, because of the vastness. And then what's happening on social media, the, the pictures that are being portrayed. So, so what are you hearing? How bad is the dry areas and how wet is the wet areas? Well, you know, one, it is a huge area. It's like from Canada down to the southern tip of uh, Texas, to put it in perspective. Um, from a planting standpoint, here's just how it goes in Brazil. They're about 75% planted, 86% average. That's more down in the south. The first uh, bean crop that was planted, uh, 38% flowering, 3% pod filling. And then you move down into uh, Argentina, and you've got about uh, 32% of the corn planted and 44% of the soybeans. But um, the northern states, Mato Grosso, uh, Goyas, and Bahia, raise about 40% of the soybeans. That's where the dry area is, and uh, central uh, north. And um, you've got uh, producers in northern Brazil that are not are replanting soybeans. Their choice, Susan, is when it's dry like this, you know, you have the wet season, the dry season, and it's dry during the wet season is the problem. So they're replanting some of the soybeans that didn't come up. So your choice is if you plant replant soybeans, then you're going to be too late to plant the corn. Um, because you're going to be into the dry season. Um, you harvest the corn in uh, those Brazil areas like July and August. So it just pushes it too far into the dry season. So it's a serious situation. How bad is it? Um, AgriConsult, which is a you know, very big analytical firm down in Brazil, 
they have already reduced the uh, soybean crop 360 million bushels, 145 million on the exports. So that's a game changer. And we see almost all private firms have reduced it. The smallest uh, out here on a reduction is about 40 million. So there is a reduction. It's a matter of how much. And, um, you know, it's going to be a very dicey situation. I think when you look at it, it's kind of like these high-pressure systems that move in the U.S. They move into the corn belt. They move into the bean belt in uh, Brazil. They sit their heat stuff up. That's the way it's going to be for about four days. Then this, they move. This front comes through, and then we're supposed to get rain. Next week, forecast one to two inches. But it really was doing, Susan, it's helping the topsoil. It's doing nothing to recharge the subsoil moisture, and we know how that is in the uh, Midwest. So with the, with the secondary of the Safrina corn crop, is there some concerns there? Well, I think you saw it in the in the uh, futures market here this week. We made contract lows, um, and most definitely, um, and you see it in the uh, futures market in uh, uh, December corn of next year versus the upfront corn. I think there's a concern uh, because if you replant the soybeans, you're not going to have the uh, corn acres, so that's still an unknown. And then also if you plant the corn and the weather stays warm, the yield goes down. So I think, uh, you know, most definitely it's a concern. You know, it actually, we've got a bigger buffer on corn than soybeans. That's the issue. We have about a five-year uh, high on world-ending uh, stocks. And, of course, we have a $2.2 billion carryover here in the U.S. So we've got a cushion. But that cushion can erode pretty fast if South America gets into a problem. And, you know, that's just the first corn crop uh, is what's being planted the same time the bean crop is. That's a domestic crop. Uh, that's one that, you know, you feed the livestock. It's the export uh, crop, the second corn crop, the safrina crop, that is uh, the one that we'll watch very close from a competition from the U.S. So, um has you know it's just it's too early to tell but i can tell you one thing it's definitely an el nino year it's definitely down here now it's definitely warmer than normal and um you know when it's supposed to rain you get less rain than you're supposed to all right we'll stick around folks we've got a lot more coming up as we get ready on the second half of the channel final bell on this friday when we step back in after the commercial break we'll talk about some reversals in this trade a little bit more but feds not giving much of a signal as we move forward. We'll tie that back to what we see in agriculture. And the downside once again taking place within this cattle market. And the hogs, they're a whole story all their own. We've got a lot more coming up. Stick around. It's the Channel Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids and the other regional brands along with Channel Seed are merging in 2025 and we're ready to up your seed game. Here's Channel Seed professional Dustin O'Hanlon from Lexington. I'm extremely excited about this to see the focus of taking all 11 brands and moving into one and combining the knowledge that we've got into one brand and bringing every bit of that together so we can have one focus, which is taking care of our growers. For more, contact your local Channel Seed professional. KRVN. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Don Rose. Don again with U.S. Commodities. And I, I mentioned that you were West, uh, West Des Moines. Obviously, that's where the home office is. But for you right now, your office is in South America, in Argentina. Uh, great phone connection, by the way. But you really do get some first hands on how warm the weather is right now. It- 
Yeah, I really do. You know, travel from Central America all the way down at, and uh, down here like, uh, you know, three months out of, well, four months out of the year. So, uh, but it, definitely the temperatures are, are much warmer than normal. And of course, you know, that's an El Nino year. So um, it's just a concerning situation for the uh, weather, um, you know, in a big area. Of course, Argentina, uh, the weather forecast is uh, basically back to pretty much normal. It's uh, Central uh, Brazil all the way north uh, is the real issue, as we know. So, real curious, before we jump into everything else we're going to talk about, what is the farmer settlement right now down there as they watch export opportunities and, and the competition against the United States? Well, you know, I think when they look at it, they're very much like our farmers. You know, they're big concern, first of all. Of course, they're always interested in the price. Um, well, central Brazil, uh, in the middle of the country, uh, corn is running roughly about 650 a bushel. So that puts it in perspective. Um, their yield uh, is expected to be on soybeans somewhere around 53 bushels. Remember, uh, last you know last year we were under 50. So uh, the farmer sentiment um, in Brazil is you know the 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 price is really uh, tied to the U.S. dollar. Argentina is very much different. Argentina, they just had a new president. Um, the farmers not selling the product, uh, corn or soybeans, because they have a tax on exports. Their new president is uh, touting that he's going to remove that tax on exports of your corn and soybeans. If that did, that would go back to the producer and your price would be higher. So I would say you're on hold on selling in uh, Argentina for those reasons. And Brazil, um, the north central are just watching the weather. So they're not real interested in selling and the price is on the rise. All right. The Fed's not really making one direction which way they're going to go. How do you see that being a continued influence? Well, you know, I think uh, it, there's no doubt about it that, uh, you know, you see uh, China, they're buying uh, soybeans both from the U.S. and from Brazil. Um, the soybean meal is a little more obvious. Argentina looks like their crop is going to bounce back, so they're the largest soybean meal exporter in the world. And soybean meal feels like it's kind of toppy here, and it's uh, moved to the downside, and, um, you know, they'll probably bounce back on that. So, um you know, I think from an overall perspective, it feels like the upside risk in these uh, grains for right now, both seasonally and from a weather standpoint, is to the upside, not the downside. Certainly didn't feel like it this week in uh, soybeans, but we'll see once what happens next week. We always say in a weather market, Susan, you buy rain and sell sunshine. Well, certainly <laughs> we have a rain in the forecast. We'll see what happens. Livestock side, we've got some struggles going on with this cattle market once again. Well, it's a real struggle, um, you know, and, and, you know, to bring that up, it's just the opposite in the corn. The corn uh, has uh, the biggest short position coming into this week uh, that we've had since June of 2020. Uh, going full circle, the cattle market had record long positions just a few months ago. Um, we had very high retail prices. Um, you know, we were struggling to sell the beef yet today at these prices. Um, then we had the cattle on feed reports two in a row that told us we have more numbers than a year ago all the way through uh, March. And so you had the, the worst of both worlds. You have uh, bigger supplies than a year ago uh, for a little while. 
although the uh, numbers of cattle continued to decrease and we have the demand uh, just softer for all the reasons at the retail level. So bottom line, I think for this market to get back in line, the Packers that are about break even now where he has been in the red, you're going to have to have the retail prices come down uh, to see if we can sell it. Like we say in this business, you either sell it or smell it in the beef sector. All right. What about the hogs? Their struggle definitely continues. Yeah, the hog market does struggle. And, you know, uh, to put it in perspective, uh, you know, the hog industry, uh, a lot of people feel that it's worse than 1998. And that was uh, a hog agriculture depression. It was so poor in 1998. Uh, if you recall that, uh, you know, they were actually uh, letting hogs out and uh, hunting them. You could, uh, you know, uh, hunt them for free and just a real uh, calamity. Well, uh, this time it's a little bit different. You've got uh, the vertical integrators, the packer, uh, they're all struggling. And uh, we're liquidating the herd, um, but we're trying to get that down, not only in the U.S., but also in China, down to levels that uh, meet up with the uh, demand side of the market. But what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Don? You bet. Can reach us here at U.S. Commodities at 1-800-247-4071. All right. And that is today's channel final bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the channel final bell brought to you by the Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional on the Rural Radio Network.